Wait a minute. Guess I'm doing the announcements today. Welcome to the Vineyard, whether you're online or in person. It's great to see you. We're going to have a great weekend this weekend. Got a couple of announcements for you. Uh, let's see. We got this Wednesday, which is uh, whatever the day this Wednesday is. We got OMY, which is One More Youth. That's for um, sixth graders through 12th graders. Um, that's where we'll come together. We'll have some pizza, play some games, do some worship, a little bit of a Bible study. It'll be great. Lots of fun. Um, there may or may not be pillow fights or noodle fights or laser tag. Next up, we have Night Watch, March 15th. That's at 6.30 p.m. That's the night where we come together and do some extended worship, a little bit more of a personal experience um, where we all press in a little bit closer and nearer to God. Um, there'll be lots of prayer and ministry and worship. Um, it'll be a great night. I uh, hope to see you there. We want to make sure everybody's downloading the app. If you haven't downloaded the app by now, please do so. Um, you can find it on the Android store or the uh, App Store if you got an iPhone or iOS. Uh, great app. It allows you to keep in touch with all the happenings of the church. Um, for instance, if there's VBSs or uh, whatnot events coming up, you can go ahead and uh, submit to volunteer. And then it also has a list of everything that's going on at the church so that you won't miss a beat. So download that app. All right, last up, we've got the men's and women's Bible studies. That's happening here at the church um, Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. We've got one for men and one for women. It's going to be a great time. allows us to seek a little bit further, press into God's word, and see what he has to reveal to us. With all that being said, I'm happy you're here. Whether you're online or here in person, come shake my hand. We can do, you know, a little dove butterfly thing. You know, we could also do the llama. Anybody tried the llama? That being said, let's get ready for church. Hey everybody online, welcome. Glad to have you with us. We're getting ready to hop into worship. We've had a great time this morning and looking forward to spending this time with you. Then we're continuing on in our series, The Questions Jesus Asked. And, uh, and today we're looking at the question uh, where Jesus says, what is the kingdom of God like? So get your Bibles, get comfortable, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, you guys. You sound very awake. Cool. Nice job. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's funny when that's a compliment. You sound awake today. Yeah, you adult. Uh, good for you. You woke up. You I always did want it. those adult stickers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the adult stickers, you know, like, like I adulted today. <laughs> I woke up. I did my chores. Anyways, hi, guys. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. Um, I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do in case you didn't know. We're going to start things off with communion. Chaplain Doug is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship. And then Pastor Alice will come up and join any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms. And then we'll have our time in the Word with Pastor Steve. We are in Questions Jesus Asked, Part 8. And um, it's really good. I'm looking forward to you guys digging in. But before we do, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are so thankful to come together this morning with our brothers and sisters to celebrate and worship you. We thank you for how you've been stirring up our lives this week. We thank you for blowing new wind into us. Papa, we continue to ask for more. Help us to continue loving you well. Continue shaping our hearts to look like your heart so we can love others the way you do, God. And we can get one more lost kid back to you. We thank you for what you're going to do in us and through us today and this week. We love you. We join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this collect. Lord Jesus Christ, who for our sake fasted 40 days and 40 nights, give us grace to discipline ourselves that we may always obey your will in living by doing the next right thing to the honor and glory of your name. Amen. Chaplain Doug. 
On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body, take and eat in remembrance of me. In the same manner he took the cup. It was the last night of the Passover celebration. The cups of plagues and sanctification had already been poured and celebrated. Jesus takes the third cup, which is the cup of redemption. He said, This is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. Gathered with his friends that evening, Jesus gives us a lasting ordinance or remembrance, which we call communion or the Lord's table or the Lord's supper. He said, from now on, when you get together and partake of this meal, I want you to remember me. And as his friends gathered here today, we too can partake of this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. And we want to remember and give thanks. We want to remember all that Jesus has said and done and promised to do. We want to remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. We want to remember how he defeated death and rose again, and we want to remember with awe and thanksgiving that he's coming back for us soon. So here on the table are the elements of communion, the bread, the cup, the body and the blood of the Lord. The table is open to all who believe. So as we worship this morning and you feel led by the Spirit, please come, partake, remember, and give thanks. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Chaplain Doug. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together. And I just like to encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices and participate as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We'll see the words on the screen, so sing along. You're welcome to sit, stand if you're able. Then sings my soul, how great thou art. Star 
soul come awake to hunger to
We love you, Lord, and we are so, so thankful for this time of worship in your presence. You're so good to us, Lord. And Father, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You're good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. And amen. And hey, Mom, why don't you come up and teach the kids a Bible verse? Thanks, Doug. Thanks, guys. Great worship. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Hi, it's good to see you guys today. How is everybody? Are we good? Yeah? We good? Are you good? Good. So we've been learning in Sunday school in the uh, stories out of the Old Testament, right? And they've been out of the book of Nehemiah and Ezra and Esther. And we've learned that when... People are told that they're not living for God when stories about men of God telling people they need to change. They did, and they were sorry. And that's what we're going to talk about today, only we're going to be in the New Testament, in the book of Romans. Can you say Romans? Love it. Love it. Good job, buddy. We're going to be in the book of Romans, chapter 8. And you know what? Everything that we've done wrong, if, we said, if we've asked Jesus in our heart, he forgives us. And we're forgiven, and it's okay, and we can move forward, right? So that's what we're going to learn about today. Romans 8, 14. 8, 14. For all. For all who are led. You are led. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. No, she's just sticking her tongue out. By the Spirit. By the Spirit. Of God. Of God. Outsold of God. Of God. Good job, you guys. Yay, give yourself a hand. Excellent. Miss Cameron's handing out stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. While she does that, I'm going to pray for you guys, okay? So let's bow our heads and close our eyes like Pastor Georgina taught us. Papa, we thank you for this day and for the children that you've gathered here, Lord. I pray that you bless them, that you bless each family represented here and online if they're watching, Lord. Let this be a really good week. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. Good job, y'all. Okay, do you know how to make your way to your Sunday school classes? Yes. Have fun, everybody. Listen to your teachers. Learn well. We got a straggler, Cameron. There he goes. Now, you guys know where you're going? We'll get you some help. Follow Cameron. She'll help you. You don't want the sticker? Okay. You don't have to have it. They they're not just, mandatory. No, they're not mandatory. And they were, you know, they were more boy, I don't know, stickers, but they were cute. Was tennis balls, soccer balls, basketballs, and girls like that too. Right? There you go. Just dug myself in a hole. Go ahead. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I didn't know how to help you either. Yeah, I know you, you don't usually help me out of those holes. He just leaves me <laughs> hanging. 
Okay, sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Welcome to the vineyard. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Glad you're here. Welcome to those of you joining us online. Happy to have you with us as well. And uh, if you're a first-time guest or visitor, that code is for you that just popped up there on the screen. Point your smart device at it. It will give you a link to our digital connect card, name, phone number, email address. We'd love to have that info. We will be sending you texts and emails over the next four and five weeks. So look for those. Uh, Also, we have guests, gifts for guests. I always get those words backwards. Gifts for guests, first-time guests, back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, stop by on your way out, and they will uh, they'll hook you up with a nice gift. Who doesn't gift. like a gift? Everybody likes a gift. Um, we're going to pray for our neighbors right before we do that. So, once a year, for the end of February and most of March, we do what we call our One More Offering. It's, a, it's an over and above what we normally do sort of offering, because people ask, hey, are there things that you'd like to do, projects? that you, you know, you might have going on. And so we take some time and we pray about those things and then we make a video. It's five minutes long and uh, we don't show it here. Uh, I ask you to go watch it. Uh, you can watch it on the app or you can watch it on the website. Five minutes and I talk about, I think, a half a dozen things that we would like to maybe take on and accomplish over the next year. Um, please watch the video. That's the big ask. Watch the video. And then... If you feel like you'd like to partner with us financially, that's great. If not, please be praying for those things. That's a huge thing. Uh, the pr- prayer is a, you know, it's a huge deal, and uh, we appreciate it. So that's what we would ask for you to do uh, with that. Uh, so now let's pray for our neighbors. And we do this here corporately because what we've asked you to do is pray for your neighbors on a daily basis. Be praying for those people who live right around you. And then... Uh, When we gather, we do the same, only we do it corporately. So think about a couple of your neighbors right now. Papa, we we lift up our neighbors to you. We ask God that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways, that you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us, God, to be good neighbors, to love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good. We're continuing on in a series we're doing called The Questions Jesus Asked. This is the eight part. We did an intro. It's actually nine weeks in. And uh, behind this entire series is this uh, reality that Jesus asks a lot of questions. In the four Gospels, uh, he asks over 300 questions. So I'm asking you, been asking you to read through the Gospels over why we look at this series. We're going to look at about 20 of these questions. But he asked over 300. So as you're reading through the Gospels, um, look for questions that Jesus asked and highlight them, note them, write them down somewhere, put them on your computer, do something, and you should have a nice list when we're done of about 300 questions. And if you've been following along this week, I would have you read Luke chapter 18 through Luke chapter 24. And then look for questions. And that's, that's what this series is all about. And then hopefully we talk about what it looks like to dig into those questions we're doing some of them. They can do the rest. Because 300 weeks of those, that would be six years of this series. Yeah, that's too long, honey. You think? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I already am working on my next series. And it, it could has the potential to be a long one. Good. Yeah. So when that happens, I'm just thinking about sub-series and changing the title. But stay in go. it and nobody knows. Um, <laughs> so oh, a new series. And I go, uh-huh. <laughs> It's funny, it's picked up right where the last one... Yeah, it's funny how that worked. Uh, oh, we got to do bad jokes. Wait, so I have this I want to share with everybody. So, he saved this for a I week. I saved this. Because Doug was up last week. Yeah, Doug was week. up last week, so I couldn't do it. So the week before was Valentine's Day. This is, you know, my bride. Yeah. We've been my Valentine for, I, th- I think we figured 42 years yeah, now. Because we've been married 40. And... Uh, and so um, she gave me this lovely Valentine's Day card a couple of weeks ago, and I thought I would share with you. It's so, it's so nice, really. It says, honey, it says, honey, I love everything about you. I'm like, well, that's pretty cool. You know, 42 years in. And, and then I open it, and it said, well, except for the things I've already pointed out to you that drive me nuts. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. So much mushy. Yeah, mushy. yeah. Well, so that's yeah. the card. But it's all good. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Happy about that. Thank you for sharing. Well, you know. Yeah, sometimes yeah, you have to. Sometimes it, it was worth it. Okay. Uh, bad jokes. I have uh, 
I stopped. I didn't do that one. It bombed so bad. But just I dropped the uh, the smuckers mm-hmm. and jammed my toe. Ouch! Thank you very much. I met <laughs> I oh, met this Lord. couple recently, and and the guy told me that he and his wife paid five hundred thousand dollars for a piece of land to build their new house on, and I told him that sounded like a lot. There you go. That's about what they are. Very good. Okay, let's let's take this train on a different path here and refocus. Let's pray and then we'll read the word together, shall we? Thank you, Lord. Come again, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father God, that you are the king of the universe. You created every living thing, and yet we call you Papa. You know every hurt. You know every hair on our heads. Lord, open our eyes and open our ears to hear you and see you. Place our feet where they need to go to bless those that you love. And watch over your kids today in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? This is out of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13, starting at verse 18, the parable of the mustard seed and the yeast. And then Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? What shall I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his garden. It grew and it became a tree and the birds perched in its branches. And again, he asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. Okay, so uh, our passage today with a question in it, what is the kingdom of God like, is a, is a parable. He's leading into a couple of quick parables. We'll talk more about parables in a moment. But the idea of the kingdom of God is really significant in the scripture as you're reading. And as you've been, I've been encouraging you to read the Gospels, you will keep coming across this phrase, the kingdom of God. Uh, particularly in Mark, Luke, and John, the kingdom of God. In uh, Matthew, a lot of times you'll see either kingdom or kingdom of heaven, but they're interchangeable. And um, it's, it's happening. Jesus is talking about this subject a lot, perhaps more than any other subject. It's kind of central to his ministry. And so he's either proclaiming the kingdom or demonstrating the kingdom or offering the kingdom to folks or, or teaching about the kingdom. Everybody that he comes in contact with, that's what he does. Uh, and here's some verses like that. Mark 1, 14 and 15. After John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So right off in the book of Mark, this is what you're introduced with. It's what Jesus is talking about the kingdom. Here it is in Matthew 4. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. So he's he's preaching about the kingdom. He's demonstrating the kingdom by healing the folks that are there. Uh, In the prayer that Jesus teaches us, uh, you know, the Lord's Prayer, he, he, he reveals his heart about the kingdom. Let your kingdom come, he says, and let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Matthew six thirty three, one of our favorite verses here. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And then here again, uh, where, when Jesus is talking to his disciples and saying, listen, this is the ministry that you're going to take on, all of us. This is what it looks like, Luke 10, 8 through 9. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick uh, who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you. Kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. You know, I, I didn't do this at 8, uh, this verse. Um, and I don't know if I should. I did it last night. But it, every time I read... This particular passage, it says, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. And every time I read it, I think about years and years ago, I was on a mission trip in Costa Rica. 
And uh, we, we were way out somewhere. And uh, the pastor uh, that, at the church we were ministering at graciously invited us to his home for dinner. And I, this verse is in my brain, right? And, uh, and so for dinner, one of the offerings for dinner is monkey brain. Yeah. Fortunately, there was gravy. <laughs> yeah, it's one of, that's a memory you won't forget. What did it taste like? Chicken. But still, it's not the thing. It's... Anyway, little personal touch. <laughs> so kingdom, 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 kingdom. Read, when you read the Gospels, you'll see he's talking about all the time. So what is it? What's the kingdom of God? What's Jesus talking about? What do we think about when we read it? And, and how is that impacting how we understand what Jesus is saying? And let me just say here, I think that the next 15, 20 minutes... Uh, that as we talk about the kingdom of God, that this is, is one of the keys to opening up how we get the Bible, how we rest in who Jesus is, how we trust God. It's, it's actually found in this simple phrase and getting a grasp on what it means. So what is the kingdom of God? I was in a small group this week and I asked this question and it was in a sort of format where they could, they could give me their answers back. And, uh, overwhelmingly, when people read the kingdom of God, they think that, that what's being talked about is heaven. It's, it's like our first reaction is, well, it's got to be heaven. Kingdom of God, that means heaven. It's a place, has to be heaven. That's what must be going on. And uh, I want to tell you that that is at, at best a secondary meaning of what's happening when Jesus talks, that that's really not what's going on behind this phrase. And so we need to take a look at what's happening here and and then... Everything I think, all the parables begin to open up and, and how we live, just it begins to change. So what's being talked about when Jesus says kingdom of God? And, and as, as I said, most people think, well, he's got to be talking about a place because we're conditioned to think of a kingdom as a place. When you hear the word kingdom, you almost automatically, uh, we think about a realm. Like, like we have, like maybe it's Great Britain is sort of the... Not, there's not a whole lot of current kingdoms out there. There's some. But that, oh, that's the kingdom. Or... We might think that, well, they're talking about the kingdom, uh, you know, they're talking about the people who live there, and the, another secondary meaning of what's happening. So the word that kingdom comes from, uh, in both the Hebrew and the Greek, it's Malkut in the Hebrew and Basileia in the Greek, it has a different meaning than realm. It's not what it means. When, when you see the word in the scripture... The, the primary meaning of kingdom is always the rule, the reign, the authority of a king. Uh, so the kingdom of God is the rule, the reign, the authority of God. Always. That's its primary meaning. There, there could be, depending on the text, some secondary meanings. But that's what you need to think about when you're looking at kingdom of God. That's what Jesus is talking about. That's what he's offering to people. That's what he's demonstrating in what he does. Uh, that's what he tells us where to go and do. We're to be those people who go and proclaim the rule, the reign, the authority of God. That's what's happening in all of those verses. And, and so we have to sort of step away from the idea that hits us almost every time. Kingdom of God, I read that. I think place. I think heaven not going on. When I see it, I have to think rule, reign, authority of God. There's a parable in Luke 19 that demonstrates it really well. And uh, uh, Jesus teaches this. And he, he says, while they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. So old way of looking at that, you, you read, you think heaven's going to appear at once. He said, a man of noble birth went to a distant country to have himself appointed king, and then to return. Now this goes on, and, and you can read it all in context, you probably should. But the, the, the meaning of that parable is that this noble man who it's talking about, he already has a place, he has a realm, he's got land, he has his place. What he doesn't have is authority, so he has to go to get authority, and then he can come back and he can rule over the realm. And, and so it's again, it's a picture of kingdom meaning rule, reign, Authority. Once you get that in, in here, and it displaces that, oh, we're talking about heaven, the verses all change. This is what's fascinating. 
to me. So Mark 10, 14 and 15. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So what's being received? God's rule and reign. It's not a verse about heaven. It's about God's rule and reign. You have to receive the rule and reign of God like children in order to enter into God's rule, reign, and authority. That's what's happening there. Look at Matthew 6.33 now. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What are we seeking? God's rule, God's reign, God's authority. That's what we're pressing into. The, the prayer then makes sense. Lord, in Matthew 6.10, the Lord's Prayer. Let your kingdom come. And your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What are we asking to come? Is it heaven? No, it's his rule, his reign, his authority. Let that come on earth now as it's already established in the spiritual realms. So, so these understandings then begin to change how we look at scripture. And it's very helpful for digging into then this question that we look at today where Jesus asked, what is the kingdom of God like? Because if you automatically think that he's saying, well, what's heaven like? You're going to be disappointed with his answers. Because he gives, here, two very short parables. But most of the parables, he's, he's talking about kingdom of God and what it's like and what it's all about. So we have to have this understanding for these things to change. Now, also let's do a quick word on parables. Um, because much like questions that Jesus asked, he teaches in parables, and he does that to engage the listeners. Um, they're a teaching tool that help people discover truth. Um, they, they help people to look at things in a way that allows them to process things at a d- deeper level so that you can actually have your perspective change. Because that's in this whole talk, that's what has to happen. You, we all have to have perspective change in, in dealing with the kingdom of God phrase so we can understand it and stop looking at it like he's talking about heaven. So the person hearing the parable has to think about what it means because Jesus just doesn't come and say straight out, this is what it is. Why does Jesus work like that? Um, most people, when, when, if you just, if I just give you a bunch of facts, if Jesus just gave us a bunch of facts, um, most of us don't hang on to facts very long like that. They don't stick with us. But if you have to discover a truth, then it'll stick with you. That's just the fascinating way that we're wired and we work. So if, if I have to dig into the scripture and think about things and process through them, if I learn something, it tends to stick with me. You can give me all the facts you want and they don't stick with me very long. I'm not, my brain doesn't work that way. I'm actually very impressed by like Jeopardy contestants who know all that stuff. Because I'm like, nah, I've heard it. It's back there somewhere. But it doesn't, I can't retrieve it. Doesn't, my database doesn't work like that. But I get stories and bigger things and ways to draw stuff. But, but that's how most of us learn, is that if we, if we have to dig into it for ourselves, the truths that we learn then stick with us and they begin to change us and shape us as we go. And so it doesn't impose truth on people. It puts people in a position to realize truth. That's what's so cool about it. That's why the questions are so cool. Same thing. It just puts us in that spot. Now, culturally, when Jesus is teaching in the first century, so this is the second temple period, and the the fascinating thing is going on at this point in time is that the people of Israel are looking for a Messiah. And they're looking intently because it, it ties in to prophecy that they're in the right time frame. And you can look at the scripture and it actually sort of points to that specific time for the arrival of Messiah. It, it's in there. And, and they were aware of it. And um, when you read about the prophecies of what Messiah is going to do, uh, Jesus was fulfilling a lot of these. And particularly in Isaiah... Uh, when it's saying, you know, that when, when the Messiah comes, um, you know, the, the, he, the sick are going to be healed, the, the deaf are going to hear, the blind are going to see, the lame are going to walk. And folks are watching Jesus do these things. Well, there's a, there's other stream of prophetic things that are happening, even in Isaiah, that talks about when Messiah comes, that Israel is going to be reformed, uh, restored, pardon me, to her former place of glory, uh, like the Davidic kingdom. 
And that's what they want. That's the part that they're hanging on to in the first century. Because they've been oppressed by a long time, uh, for a long time. Now it's, it's the Romans. And, you know, they're heavily taxed and they're burdened and they, they can't live the life they want to live. And they're, they're tired of it. And so they're looking for Messiah to come and deliver them politically from this mess. And so they, they're looking at Jesus and they see that he's doing all of these things. And the expectation is that he's also going to wipe out the Romans and reestablish Israel. That's what his guys are always waiting for. That's why they're arguing about who's the greatest. That's what's going on is that they're convinced. They've seen Jesus do these things and they know these prophecies. And they're, Okay, so we're just waiting. And, and really, that's what Israel was looking for at that moment. The problem is, is that we know now on this end of it, that, that Jesus w- wasn't going to accomplish this all in one stage. It's a two-stage process. And so when he comes the first time, he doesn't come to change things politically and set Israel back up to its former glory. What he does is he comes uh, to uh, expose the work of evil and the darkness in the world and then to inaugurate the kingdom, the rule and reign of God, by giving himself at the cross and then uh, taking on sin, taking it down, defeating death, rising again at the resurrection. So he comes the first time and he inaugurates the kingdom, the rule and reign of God, by defeating the power of sin and the power of death that the enemy put in place back in Genesis 3. That's what happens. And so that's what he's done. He's going to come back. And we know that and we're waiting for that. When he returns, when Jesus comes back, he will consummate the kingdom of God. So he inaugurated it a couple thousand years ago, and he will consummate it when he returns, which, you know, could be at any time. We hope that it is, but, you know, he's mercy, grace is whatever's going on. We're waiting. Here's why this is so important, is that um, we live today in between these two times, the inauguration of the rule and reign in God and the consummation of the rule and reign in God. And culturally, we don't like living in tension. We, we tend to want it this way or this way. That, and that's very much part of our mindset. It's this way or this way. We don't want this. We, it's this or this. Well, you can't find life uh, as a believer unless you embrace this tension. And this is where all the life is. This is where all the good stuff is. This is where all the faith is found. This is where the mystery is. This is where everything happens, is understanding this dynamic of the rule and reigning God and the tension that we live in. So now think about those things, and we'll talk about it more. And now the parables come, because Jesus is saying, well, what is the kingdom of God like? What will I compare it to? And if you can't change your perspective, and you think that he's talking about heaven, and he says, well, what is heaven like? And you read this. Well, Jesus said, what's, what's heaven like? What shall I compare it to? Uh, heaven's like a mustard seed. Well, that's not good. That doesn't do anything for me at all. Like a mustard seed, really? I had way better expectations of... He's not. What is he talking about? The rule and reign of God. What's it like? It's like a mustard seed, he says, which a man took and planted in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds perched in its branches. So, so this is what he's saying. So I'll, I'll read this next one in a minute. So the kingdom of God, as I just said, is inaugurated when Jesus comes the first time, and it will continue to grow until he comes back the second time. So the kingdom is here, but not fully here. It's here in part, but not fully here. We live in a tension. You know, a lot of the tension is actually pretty cool. One of my favorite tension things is about Holy Spirit. And we've talked about this verse a lot because it, it says that Holy Spirit, when you come to know Jesus, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. You're the temple, place where heaven and earth meet. Holy Spirit's here. And the Holy Spirit, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God Himself in here, He's a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. You, you need to, you need to every couple of weeks, got to hang on to that question for a little while and think about what that means. Holy Spirit, God, creator of everything, the, the big G God, lives in you, and he's a deposit of what's to come. Do you, my understanding of deposit, it is a deposit is part of something. It's not all of it, it's a part of it. In this tension, I, and, and where I go with that is I think, if, if Holy Spirit living in me is a deposit, is a part. What is the whole thing like? 
Do you, I, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. What is the, what is the whole thing like? What is when Revelation 21 happens and new, uh, you know, heaven comes down, Jerusalem comes down, new earth is restored, and, and we get new physical resurrected bodies that never mess up, they're incorruptible. Ooh, isn't that great? I was thinking about that last night when my knees hurt with the arthritis, and I'm like, it's not forever. What is that like? But it's a tension, right? Because I'm filled with Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit and I, we have a relationship. We're hanging out now. But He's a deposit of all these amazing things that are going to happen. It's a, it's a beginning. And you have, to, you have to grab a hold of that. So then the parable of the yeast, another fascinating parable. And again He asked, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to? And if you think heaven, you're going to be disappointed. It's like yeast. Wow. That's again, not what I'm shooting at. But when you get rule, reign, authority, you get, okay, it's like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour. That's a lot of flour. Make sure you read that. You, you know, 60, can you imagine stirring something into 60? The, the big, the pot had to be pretty amazing, right? But what does yeast do? Is that, that yeast, actually a pretty small amount of yeast will work its way through and impact that entire dough. That's what happens. And, and that's what he's talking about, the rule and reign of God. Is that, that the, the parable, this parable is about the transforming power of the kingdom to change people. Look, and you should get that right away. If, if you've been walking with Jesus for any length of time, you get how you're changed. He changes us. It doesn't happen, all, all of it doesn't happen right away, but change happens and continues to happen. Why? Well, that's the transforming power of God at work, and He's changing us over time until He returns. And not only does the, the kingdom have the power to change us, as it changes us, it changes the world around us. Because He uses you to impact people around you, and He does it. Primarily, I think He does it by over time. You, you actually learn how to love pretty decently. You should. And that's what really gets people is that they can tell that there's something going on and this is a hard world and that's a fascinating thing that someone who's a little bit at peace and can start to love well. And so these, these parables then that he's teaching us are all about this understanding. The kingdom is here because Jesus inaugurated it when he came. It's not fully here, but it will be when he comes back. And so you hang out in this tension. But to me, it's like this is where, this is where faith is. This is where, because, because Okay, so I read the promises, and now some of them are when he comes back promises. But I can say, God, because you're going to do this then, and you're going to make everything right then, by faith, God, would you, would you ask, would you break through and do it now? Because the kingdom does break through now sometimes. Because Jesus has already come. He's inaugurated it. And so that's faith. And I have, a, I can have tremendous faith for that. Because I, I pray, and I love it. So as I pray, and I see God do things, and I'm like, whoo, you ever done that? Yes! And then I pray sometimes and nothing happens at all. You ever had that happen? That's harder to go, woo! And we're not sure how to handle it. So we try and blame us, me, them, something, or something. And instead of, the reality is the kingdom is here, but it's not fully here. But he tells me to pray, so I'm going to pray. And sometimes I get a woo, and sometimes I get I don't quite understand. But if I don't have a tension to live in, what happens to a lot of people when they pray and nothing happens? Well, it doesn't work. Yes, it does. Keep praying. The, the, the result isn't on you. It's on Him. And you're asking and in faith, God, would you come and do it now? And, and, and you, you, yes! But He's faithful and He's good. And this is where the, the, the mystery comes from. And, and you learn to trust because it's on Him. And, and you, it's, it's not about you mustering up enough of anything other than faith and trust in Him that He's good and that He's got it. And you keep going back and you keep pressing in, and you keep growing closer, and you keep learning to love, and you keep letting that spread out to the people around you. See, this is the change that's happening in us. Can you trust Him? Absolutely. Put your faith in Him? Absolutely. He's good. He's always good. We live in a hard world still. It's because it's not complete. He's not easy. When He comes back, everything is straightened out. But we live in this tension. Embrace this tension. Part of it is... See, if, if you, if you could figure all this out right now, you'd be just like the people in the first century who have this box that they put God in, and if He doesn't do exactly what you think He's gonna do, then they just missed Him. You could, they missed Jesus, like most of them. 
He was doing most of what they thought he was going to do, but because he didn't check this one off, overthrow Rome, you understand that, that we have a tendency to try and make a box that we can put God in. It's just what we do. And I, listen, if you could put God in a box, he wouldn't be God. And why would you want that God anyway? I want a God that's a God of power and mystery and, you know, come on, trust me. Come on, we're going to do this together. Come on, this is an adventure. Come on, you can't completely figure me out. That's okay. One day you will. But for now, you just got to trust me and know that I love you and we're in it. You're my kids. Let's go. See, that's this life. That's what the kingdom of God is like. It's here, not fully here, but it's growing, changing, getting better. And, and that's what we're talking about. So... That's the message of the kingdom. I'm going to stop it there. And uh, more on that. That will work its way into next week as well. Ministry team, why don't you head over the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. And let me say this, that this entire journey starts by knowing Jesus as Lord and Savior. That's how you get inaugurated into the kingdom. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? And if you've never done that, please do it right now. It's the most important thing you'll do in your life. Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? I got to say, too, I, I said something in there in a moment about um, sometimes when things don't go the way we want, our response is that we just stop praying. And, and that's some of you here have stopped praying and you've stopped believing and trusting. You love God, but you don't think he's up to much. And I I just want you to know right now that God loves you so much and He's up to everything in your life and He wants you to trust Him. Just trust Him. And and if you've sort of gotten hard there, just say, God, please break that hardness off my heart because I love you all in. And and, He's going to meet you there in a powerful way. Good stuff. I love Jesus is always doing more than what we see on the surface. He's always going deeper. Press into that this week. I think that there's some of you that have had a lot of anxiety. The Lord was showing me wicked anxiety, like panic attack. And the Lord wants to give you peace that doesn't make any sense. He just wants to pour that out on you in Jesus' name. Whether you're watching online or you're here in the room, let the peace of God come on you in a way that you have never experienced before. And our team would love to pray for you with that. Amen. Good job. Thanks again, church, for your uh, generosity. You guys are amazing. We love partnering with you. We had the food truck out a bunch this last week. And How cool is it to be able to go and bless people? with? And it does, listen, they're impacted. It's amazing how a free coffee or a free ice cream or a free snow cone with no strings, no nothing, just messes people's minds up enough that they're like, why do you do that? Well, they just tell me, oh, Jesus loves you. It's just a simple, practical thing. I love that. That's bringing amazing change all around. So thank you for helping us do that and everything else. Uh, ministry team is over there. Let's sing doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. You guys are in good voice today. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you. May He be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Have a great rest of your day. Prayers over there if you need it. We'll get these doors open for you. Uh, and uh, Henry, would you open those doors for me, brother? And then... Uh, So you can head out that way. You hope your team wins or your driver wins or catch some fish or be, and really be nice to people out in the parking lot. Okay. Let's, uh, let's have a little kingdom action going on out there. See you soon. Love you guys. Thanks for being a part and uh, we look forward to seeing you.